Paris, Texas, because I think people need a narrative to help them understand what's going on right now. And if progressives don't provide it, then somebody else will. And the folks who are doing it on the other side are full of lies and misinformation and conspiracy theories. It's Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. We start today where most days in Texas start, and that's with an impotent and ineffective Republican Party who can't even follow through with their own charades. Sigal Gavindaral and Matthew Choi at the Texas Tribune cover the grotesquely stupid and now unsuccessful attempt by U.S. House Republicans to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for what they call his failure to secure the southern border. Every single Republican in that body representing home districts here in Texas voted for the impeachment. Impeachment, but four actual grown-ups within their party stuck with reality and voted with the unanimous Democratic Party against. Thus, what would have been the first House impeachment of a currently sitting member of a president's cabinet in almost 150 years was not to be. It failed. 216 to 214, including a dramatic and decisive vote by Texas Democratic Representative Al Green, who, as Kayla Guo at the New York Times puts it, appeared at the last moment to cast a surprise ballot like a scene out of a political thriller in a wheelchair wearing a blue hospital gown and tan socks. Green had just undergone emergency abdominal surgery on Friday and returned to his hospital bed after the vote. We applaud and salute this amazing display of gumption. Green's no vote locked a 215-215 tie that eventually led to the measure's failure. GOP reps Ken Buck of Colorado and Tom McClintock of California voted no. Blake Moore of Utah switched his vote to no at the last moment. The fourth was Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, who was observed being hassled over it by Texans Michael McCall and Jody Arrington to no avail. Texan Republicans with conspicuous egg on their faces this fine morning include Representative Pat Fallon of Sherman, who introduced the articles of impeachment against Mayorkas last month, and the aforementioned Michael McCall and August Fluger of San Angelo, who had both been selected by Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana to serve as impeachment managers. Two bad guys. The dramatic and dumb approach to the border problem by elected Republicans is also seeing a dangerous byproduct in the form of violent extremists and grifters looking for excuses for bad behavior. Nicole LaFond at Talking Points Memo focuses, for example, on a Tennessee man arrested on gun charges late last week after the FBI determined that he was scheming to violently attack immigrants and Border Patrol agents at the southern border in Texas. The FBI says Paul Fay has been plotting a potential attack for the last year, spurred on by talk of an invasion at the U.S.-Mexico border, rhetoric straight out of the mouth of Governor Greg Abbott as justification for his ongoing standoff with the federal government. Fay was found in possession of an unregistered silencer, which was attached to a Creedmoor rifle, and had revealed to an undercover FBI agent that he was seeking to recruit others in Kentucky, Georgia, and Tennessee to go along with his attack plan, further telling the agent of his hopes of inspiring others to carry out similar attacks, stirring up a hornet's nest and creating a domino effect. As we all know, where law enforcement catches up with one, there are certainly many others smart enough to go undetective, active in their plans as we speak. 
Rex Hupke at USA Today goes further into the gullibility of MAGA types to fall for Republican border hysteria, saying the goofy God's Army convoy on the Texas border is just one more revelation of the Trump long con job on these folks. Hupke focuses on what was sold as a mighty force of 700,000 or more people from every corner of America, which wound up being maybe a couple hundred cars parked at a rural ranch in Camado, Texas, a half-baked Trump merch market, really. Many disappointed attendees reported being surprised to not witness the invasion of migrants they had been promised, one telling MSNBC, quote, it's not what I expected, but then again, I don't know what I expected. I can tell you it's not as bad as what I thought, so that's kind of eye-opening in itself, unquote, and here's to small victories. Still, the Texas Republican Party as a whole is once again fully bought in on the Trump con, 100%, as it appears their only hope of hanging on to power. Patrick Svitek at the Texas Tribune writes that any hesitation about supporting a multiply indicted robber baron and wannabe dictator that might have crept up following his trouncing by Joe Biden in 2020 has completely evaporated amongst GOP players in Texas, partly due to laughable performances by Trump's challengers, especially Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who was Trump's only remaining primary opponent. A survey released last month by the University of Houston found Trump leading Haley 80 percent to 19 percent in Texas, with just one percent undecided. In Texas, Republican equals Trump. More on the border from the Texas Tribune and writer Uriel Garcia, who says a state law that would increase the minimum sentence from two years to 10 years for people convicted of smuggling immigrants or operating a stash house went into effect yesterday to the dismay of immigrant rights advocates, including El Paso County Commissioner David Stout and Alan Lizarraga, communications manager for the Border Network for Human Rights. They say increasing sentences for human smuggling will increase the incarcerated population but not deter the crime and that the unnecessary and enormously expensive militarization of the border now carries an almost comical contrast. Lizarraga says, quote, if you were to take a picture of the border to Today, on one side, you will find a family, women, children looking for safety, for refuge, for a better opportunity, for a better life. And on the other side, you'll find a border wall with miles and miles of concertina wire, military vehicles, state troopers and National Guard soldiers with weapons, unquote. Your Texas tax dollars hard at work. In Texas, as they say, what starts here changes the world, and apparently not necessarily for the better. From Serene Habitian and Rebecca Falconer at Axios, New Hampshire's attorney general says fake robocalls that used President Biden's voice to discourage voting in last month's state primary there have been traced to companies in Texas, marking the most prominent use of generative AI during the election campaign so far and adding to growing concern that AI could be used to amplify efforts to suppress votes, libel candidates, and incite violence during elections in the U.S. and abroad. The Texas source was isolated as a man named Walter Monk, who runs a company called Life Corporation, and Texas-based Lingo Telecom as the originating voice service provider for many of these calls. After being informed of the investigation, Lingo Telecom suspended its services to Life Corporation. Federal Communications Commission Chair Jessica Rosenworcel says her agency is working closely with state attorneys general across the country to combat the use of voice cloning technology and robocalls being used to misinform voters and target unwitting victims of fraud. 
Still more from the Texas Tribune and reporter Pooja Salhotra, who writes on Uvalde, and that after more than a year of pressure to file criminal charges against some of the Texas law enforcement officers responsible for the botched response to the Robb Elementary School shooting, local prosecutor Christina Mitchell last month convened a grand jury to investigate, but that law enforcement officers are still unlikely to face criminal charges simply because police officers are almost never criminally prosecuted and charges for failing to act are even more rare. Autopsy analysis directed at determining whether any of the deceased shooting victims might have survived had responders not hung out in the hallway for over an hour have been suspended without explanation. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez, running for the Democratic nomination for the U.S. Senate with Progress Texas's endorsement and a longtime champion of the Uvalde family, says, quote, that they halted the study is very disturbing to me. It seems to me that there is some unwillingness to tell the truth, unquote. Gutierrez adds that he considers the Robb Elementary situation the worst law enforcement response in the history of the United States. To the fight for abortion rights, a new wrinkle in the Mifepristone story from Brendan Pearson at Reuters, who reports that a U.S. scientific publisher has retracted two studies largely due to their methodology that U.S. District Judge Matthew Kaczmarek in Amarillo cited last year in his ruling suspending federal approval of the widely used abortion drug in response to a lawsuit by anti-abortion doctors and medical associations. The retraction on Monday by Sage Publications comes less than two months before the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to hear an appeal by President Joe Biden's administration in the case. One of these retracted studies found that abortions using mifepristone are followed by a high rate of emergency room visits compared to surgical abortions, while the other study found that complications are frequently misclassified as miscarriages, which Kazmarek cited to support his finding that the true rate of complications is underreported. Sage Publications said in its retraction notice that it had brought in independent experts to look at the two studies in response to a reader's concern and that those experts had found fundamental problems that invalidate the author's conclusions in whole or in part. Abortion rights opponents are apoplectic, of course. Mifepristone, the first in a two-pill regimen for medication abortion, remains available while the appeal is pending. To the environment and new reporting on that produced water spill south of Midland, Odessa, we've been telling you about. Mitch Borden at Marfa Public Radio writes that the fountains of toxic brine water forming pools that spread across ranch land in southwest Crane County have been stopped after a month-long effort that cost over $2 million. Danny Sorrells, the Texas Railroad Commission's director of oil and gas, says that even as the plugging project has been completed, there are still questions surrounding the leak, which at certain points was releasing over 13,000 gallons of highly salt-saturated produced water an hour at high pressure. Critics of the Railroad Commission have raised concerns over the leak's threat to local groundwater, concerns the commissioners naturally dismiss. More on all of this coming soon to the Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast on this feed. As Black History Month continues this February, a must-watch documentary trilogy to check out. Noel Walker at NBC DFW Channel 5 tells us about black CEOs in their own words. A three-part documentary series featuring the leaders of three Dallas-based nonprofits. One is Oak Hill native and nonprofit for Oak Cliff founder Taylor Toynes, who's the subject of the doc I Am Somebody, that title taken from a speech by the Reverend Jesse Jackson. The series also includes prior documentaries on Byron Sanders, leader of the Big Thought, and Kimberly Williams, who heads up Interfaith Family Services. Link to watch all three can be found in our show notes this morning. Check out a full schedule for Black History Month events across Texas at progresstexas.org. 
Quickly, a mention of two continuing job openings here at Progress Texas. We're looking for a full-time advocacy manager, and we're also looking for a communications intern. That internship, a paid and flexible position that could provide a great foot in the door to the exciting world of political media here in Texas, could be a great start for a student out there. Come join our team. Both of these listings are up right now at our website, and also throughout February, we're asking you, dear listener, to show Progress Texas some Valentine's love by becoming a recurring donor like Alicia Deal, Pete Schenken, and Trish Hauk all have during our February member drive. We're looking for 29 new donors over the month to support our important work this election year, and we appreciate your support. All the details at the website. That's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for progressive media and action in the Lone Star State. Find our web store and other great ways to support us at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning.